Hey folks, Dan with Holy Spirit Soapbox. I hope you're doing well. I'm praying for all of you always. Okay, we're going to get into pride once again. We're going to get into confidence today because it's a very important topic following up an episode that we did not too long ago called Be Humble. Right? We, we talked about being humbled by God or being humbled by the world even just so we can get closer to God. And if you haven't heard of that episode, please do. It's a good one. We always want to achieve something or gain confidence from other humans. It's just something that we like to do. It, it, we tickle our pride when we get these awards and this recognition from other people and it boosts our confidence and usually our mood. It boosts mine, I'll tell you that much. And here's a quick update to that last episode if you already heard it and you already know what it's about. I didn't attend an annual meeting again this year and I received an award and recognition in front of like hundreds of people. Absolutely insane. God is playful. God is fun. But he allows these things to happen to teach me things. And I'm glad he's doing it in a fun way <laughs> and in a positive way. It, one of our friends here was like, it's almost like God has this like funny inside joke with you. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so true. I love that. So he does. And he does these really cool things to help us guide ourselves, our minds and our hearts back to him. Now, there, we know this. That this is not a problem to get recognition. It's not a problem to get awards. But it's the response to that, to those things where we can really run into trouble. And it doesn't have to just do with awards either. It doesn't have to do with awards, so keep that in mind. Now, what do I do though, Dan, if I have no confidence? I have no confidence. I'm not getting a, a accolades or awards. I'm not getting approval from, from other friends or from family, from my spouse, from my kids, from my parents, my work, etc. right? I have no confidence. I feel so down on myself and I feel so useless. I feel so worthless or I, I just go through my day-to-day -day like just every other day. My confidence is at an all-time low. Well, I'm going to give you that answer in a little bit. But first, we have to know that we should have confidence in God, and the confidence we have in ourselves should also be rooted in God. You have to ask yourself the question when you say, I have no confidence. Well, what, what are you putting your confidence in? Where are you getting that confidence from, and what are you putting that confidence in? Is it self? Let's ask the Bible, right? Where does the confidence start? Where does confidence begin? Well, in Proverbs 14, so chapter 14, verses 26 and 27, the most likely author of Proverbs is King Solomon, who asked for a ton of wisdom. And he got it. Folks, he got the wisdom. So we always say, hey, listen, you should read maybe a couple Proverbs a day, right? As you're, as you're meditating with God and you're reading chapters as you should be digging into the word. Also read Proverbs. There's a lot of wisdom in these one, two, three, four liners. Okay. So that's really important to do that. But in Proverbs 14, 26 and 27, you want to read along with me, feel free. It says this, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. In the fear of the Lord, you notice that? He says it twice. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. In the fear of the Lord is a, is a fountain of life. The fear of the Lord is the start of many things, folks. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is Proverbs 1.7, and he says it again in 111.10. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. 
Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. That's Proverbs 8.13. God hates sin, though. Remember that. When, when you hear God hates or I hate, he despises sin. Not the sinner, not us. He despises sin because sin takes us away from him. Okay, but the fear of the Lord, right? The fear of the Lord. We keep hearing that. How can fear, though, lead to confidence? That almost seems like, they almost seem like antonyms or something, or like just something, they're opposites of each other. It's almost like if I fear something or if I'm in fear, I almost have like no confidence, right? That's how I would think. That's what I feel. But no, the Bible says the opposite thing, but it's the fear of the Lord, okay? So fearing the Lord is this. Number one, understanding who he is as God through his word. This means spending time with God so that we can like know who he is, that he's not this angry old man sitting on cloud shooting lightning bolts at us. And the second that we mess up, he's, he's like waiting for it. He's like, oh, I can't wait to throw wrath on these people. That's not him. You know, know that he gives us forgiveness and grace and, and that he loves us. Okay, so the first thing of fearing the Lord is understanding who he is as God. Number two, being in awe at who he is as our creator. He created everything, period. Without him, nothing would be. We would not be. Our friends, our family, our, our jobs, nothing would be. And more importantly, he can take life, by the way. He can kill the body and the soul where people can just kill the body. That's Matthew 10, 28. And finally, understand that without him, we don't have eternal life. Without God coming to earth in the flesh to take on that state that we're in, dying on the cross and then resurrecting, we have no eternal life. Eternal life has to be given by someone eternal. It has to be gifted. It has to be granted. It has to be provided. God gave life to everybody, even those people that we want awards and recognition from, by the way. <laughs> he gave us life on earth. He wanted us to be eternal. We chose to not be eternal. But he still wants us eternal, so he has to grant that to us because he is eternal. Fear essentially, is reverence. Reverence is being in awe of or showing the utmost respect for, for God and all the other things that are synonymous with that. That's what reverence is. And that's what fear is in this perspective from these Proverbs. If God is all of the above, what do we have to worry about? More importantly, why should we not have any confidence in God who can and will do everything he says he'll do? He's done them all in the past, so why would he stop? He won't. There's even a song that says he won't. He won't stop loving us because he won't stop loving us. He does not stop trying to get us back to him because he loves us so much. Let's just say... For example, someone consistently gave you a high five every time you walked into a room that you were in with them. Every time you walked in, you and this person would lock eyes or something. They'll be like, oh, hey. And then they come over and they would give a high five to you. This happens day after day, month after month, year after year. You can confidently say that the next time you and this person are together, you'll get a high five from them. Right? Let's just say you have established grass in your yard that becomes green every single spring. 
we can confidently say that in the springtime, the grass will become green. We can even confidently say that the spring and summer times will be warm or warmer or hot. Even if we're sitting in the dead of winter, it could be negative 10 degrees outside. It could be negative 10 Celsius Fahrenheit. It doesn't matter. It's cold. We could be like, oh, at least the spring and summer are going to be warmer. We can confidently say that. If we can have so much confidence and trust and faith in these worldly things, why, oh, why can we not have confidence, trust, and faith in the eternal one true God then? Next, for the answer to the question of, well, what if I have no confidence? My confidence is just the lowest it's ever been. The reason we gain confidence internally, a lot of the times, which leads to a feeling of accomplishment or joy or hope or peace, usually is because we put our confidence in the faith of ourselves. Period. Sometimes we do measure up to the standards of something, but we always have this feeling that we have to measure up to people at work, or, or, or spouses, or children, or friends, or family, or whatever, or sports team, our coach, whoever it is, we have to measure up to. We have to reach a standard. And then when we do reach a standard or exceed the standard, our confidence goes up. It's this constant loop of pleasing people. We have this constant focus to win battles by putting faith in self. And what we can do. That is why your confidence may be low. Or that is why your confidence may be high. But when glory fades, my friends, if your confidence is high, when your glory fades, when the, if the confidence is in you, in yourself, in faith in yourself, and that fades because... You get outshined by somebody. Your world record gets broken. Your, you don't get an award at work. Or your spouse, something happens with your spouse or your family, your friends or whatever. Well, then all of a sudden you, you see your confidence fall, don't you? But if you're at the bottom right now, or if you're heading to the bottom of your confidence level, God says we are full of so much worth to him. No. He doesn't need us. He doesn't. He really doesn't need us. But he wants us so bad. And he wanted us so bad that he was willing to die a brutal death. And spill his blood to pay for something money cannot buy. Something that no person on earth can give us. And that is eternal life in heaven with him. He's like, the standards have already been met, my friends. There's not this, not t today, I don't have to wake up and be like, okay, God, how can I please you today? How can I make you love me today? That doesn't exist with God. He already loves you. He loves you today. He loved you yesterday and he loves you tomorrow. Granted, you're still here tomorrow. According to American Heritage Dictionary, confidence, the word confidence is described as three things. Number one, a belief or conviction that an outcome will be favorable. Number two, belief in the certainty of something. And then number three, belief in the effectiveness of one's own abilities or in one's favorable acceptance by others. Self-confidence. Three definitions, according to American Heritage Dictionary. 
For the first definition, we should stand firm in the belief and Holy Spirit conviction that our outcomes will be favorable because God paid the price for us orienting ourselves away from Him. So that a belief or conviction that an outcome will be favorable definition, we should stand firm in that. We have a favorable outcome. We're going to heaven, folks. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you gave your life to Jesus Christ. He's your Lord and Savior. And you believe that He died and resurrected for you and for everybody else and that He is Lord. You're going to heaven. You got a favorable outcome. You're good. For the second definition, we should stand firm in the belief that there is certainty that God will keep His word and His promise. We should stand firm in knowing that God sees us as beautiful, beloved humans created in His image. But we should not, however, (laughs) seek that third definition. The third definition of, of confidence is a burden. Sure, uh, I won't lie. We can have some confidence in, in some things that we, that we can do because of what we've been able to achieve or because of practice or whatever. That's okay. There's a little confidence and stuff. Like an example here would, would be that I know, me personally, I can confidently speak, preach, and teach on this podcast. I've done it for 100-something episodes in two years. I'm confident that I can open my mouth and make sounds, hopefully coherent sounds, right? I am not confident, though, that it will be received well or heard. This is that self-confidence where confidence can be shaken. It can be altered by results. Confidence in God, however, in this same situation is I can confidently speak, preach, and teach because of the gift of the Spirit given to me. I may not get listeners to hear, but the Spirit will get across what we all need to hear. I'm confident that God's will will be done and that the Spirit will continue the work even if I'm unable to speak all of a sudden, let's just say. Or I'm blabbering or I'm mumbling or something happens. And in the end, either way, I have confidence that it is finished. Everything is done and we are promised everlasting life in Christ. I have complete confidence in God for all those things. So please don't be stressed if you haven't had recognition or applause or even love from other people. Don't be stressed if you have had all those things and don't put your faith into those things. Our Father in Heaven loves you so much. Regardless, He came in the flesh to give you a way to eternal life. He doesn't ask anything of you. He doesn't have this standard for you. All He asks is for your whole heart. That's all He asks for. You know, I'm so inspired by by the Holy Spirit through Paul. I really am. I love Paul and the way that he wrote. Paul had all sorts of accolades and, and education. He had a ton of money at one point. He had fame. He had it all. Then he politely says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. Philippians 3, 7 and 8 say, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Wow. Now I see one of the reasons, a big reason why why Jesus chose Paul. The word garbage here is translated from skubala in Greek, skubala which essentially means a stronger word for dung. 
or poop or technically the S word, okay, that I'm not going to say. Paul is like, I really don't care what any, anybody thinks of me, whether good or bad. I only care about who and what Christ says I am. Those awards, those accomplishments, the money, the fame, they're just distractions. They're just distractions. I don't even care. That's garbage to me. They were a loss because they kept me from Christ. They kept me from a deep relationship from Jesus. I was blinded by those things because they were there. Now with those gone, I may gain Christ. This is the the shortened exegetical study of this passage. But folks, it's time to remember who we are in Christ. It's time to stop worrying about gaining confidence and pride from the world for selfish, self-centeredness. It's time to fully place our confidence in God because in the end, all these things will not matter, but the kingdom of God will be everlasting. It is everlasting. Have confidence in that. Now, I have three questions to close this out here. Question number one, would you say you have a fear of the Lord? Question two, how can you shift your focus on confidence in self? Third definition, according to American Heritage, to confidence in God. And question number three, how can you further expand your witnessing by helping others in their struggles with confidence? Thank you once again. I want to pray over all of you so we can close this out here. If you could take your prayer posture, that would be amazing. If it's safe to do so, let's do it. Let's talk to God. Let's talk to this creator that we should have reverence for. Our Father in heaven, you are so holy. You are our creator. You are our savior. You are our God, not us. The world is not our God. These idols that we chase after, the fame, the recognition, the, the awards, the accolades, all the, and the money, the jobs, the education, whatever it is that we keep chasing after, that we put our confidence in or that we put our identities in, we want to just throw, they're just garbage. We know that they're okay. They're things that we can do, but Lord, we don't want, ha- we don't want to have any distractions from you. We don't want to make these things our identity. We don't want to to have confidence in ourselves because of what we've accomplished or confidence in ourselves so that we can be joyous or that we can have hope or that we can have peace or any of that stuff. We want to have confidence in you because you did it all. It is finished. You told us it is finished. You said it on the cross that it is finished and we don't have to worry anymore. We don't have to gain confidence from anybody. We have your love. We know that you love us so much every single day that we wake up and that we go to bed. And we pray that we could see this. We ask for forgiveness for, for the times that we've put our faith and confidence in ourselves. And we ask that we continue to be led away from that. And we ask all this in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen.